Welcome once again to Devotional. This is Pastor Ariel. We are on lesson number three and day number two. This is lesson uh, number two for Sunday, October 14th. So we're moving right along in this lesson and um, I just want to remind you again um, you can have access to this lesson right now for free with the links that I, I if you scroll up a little bit uh, or down I don't know what platform you may be using you'll find several links including one that will give you access to this lesson right now through a web browser um, I also want to encourage you look at those mission videos they're very inspiring they really motivate us to be faithful in our neck of the woods seeing how people with some many times way lesser resources than we have um, are faithful and committed and do what they can with the, the, the resources they have. And it just inspires us to be faithful as well. I want to encourage you to take some time. Uh, this is, um, I'm recording this on Friday morning. So I usually like Sabbath as a time to, you know, downtime to watch some of these. And I want to start my having my girls watching some of this to put that bug in their hearts of, hey, you may want to do something like this, you know, as you get older, go in a mission field and serve. Who knows? Maybe they, they the Lord will call them to be full-time missionaries. That would be awesome. So, and of course, um, if you um, are being blessed, share this with friends and family as well. We are on Sunday, October 14th, and the title of the lesson is Jesus Prays for Himself for One Reason and One Reason Only, and it's summarized in two sentences in the lesson. There's way more, of course, that the lesson brings out for you to study, uh, but I just want to highlight this. The sentence that says, Jesus is in need of strength to complete His mission. It is time for prayer. And that's, that just stood out to me. It is a time for prayer. Why? Because Jesus felt his need of strength to complete his mission. In John chapter 20, verse 21, it says, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. Listen carefully. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. Or the New American that I'm reading from says, I also send you. In the same way that God the Father sent me on a mission, I also now send you on a mission. And if Jesus felt his need of strength to complete his mission, how did he, he meet that need? By recognizing it is a time for prayer. Prayer. Uh, I highlighted this to, to my church at Oakwood and Monroe um, about the abiding and walking principle. Uh, you can check those out in our websites, uh, Oakwood SDA uh, or Monroe SDA Church at, in the YouTube channel. Um, you can watch those sermons if you like, if you haven't. Um, but I'm going to take, take some of these concepts, some of what we learned yesterday and today. This prayer. Prayer is not simply, I need to do the mission. I need to do the mission. Because that's not how Jesus saw it. Jesus saw it as it, an outflow of friendship. It, he called us friends. We learned that yesterday, that Jesus calls us friends. And, and I'm going to actually read it. It's found in the Gospel of John, chapter 15. And I'm going to read verses 12 through 17. It says, This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. That's powerful because that kind of just congeals everything we talked about. How does God bring restoration between the human-human relationship? By restoring first the divine human relationship. Jesus doesn't tell us, go ahead and love each other. Good luck. Jesus says, love one another just as I have loved, past tense, you. Not just, not 
as I will love you. Once I start seeing you guys loving each other, then I'll start loving you. No, he has been loving us and pouring his love in us. And now God is saying in the same manner that I have been showing you commitment and friendship, extend that to others, extend that love. But he continues, greater love has no one than this, that one lays down his life for his friends. There's that word. You are my friends if you do what I command you. And what has he commanded us? To love one another. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. And even though it's hidden there, Jesus is using words that are intimate for him, very unique and special. He is implying that there's a friendship between him and his father. There's a, a deep-seated friendship of transparency, of cooperation, of desiring to please, to desiring the good for the other. And in this context, Jesus is saying, in the same manner that there's this friendship between God the Father and I, manifest that same friendship as I am laying down my life for you, you lay down your life for others. That's the mission. And if you don't feel your need of prayer to do that, maybe it's because I do not understand the mission. You and I, out of our own volition, out of our own strength, out of our own emotional, mental, intellectual resources, it is impossible for us to carry out this mission of loving others in the same way Jesus has loved us. It requires an intimate connection of friendship. Now, I mentioned, you know, Abraham as being called a friend of God, but there's someone else as well, Moses. Moses is called a friend of God. And there's something special about the, the, the way that the Bible describes Moses as a friend of God. It's found in Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. And it says, Does the Lord use to speak to Moses? Catch this. Face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. Here's, a, I think, a biblical definition of friendship. A friend is someone that you can speak to face to face. Now, distance may come sometimes between us and our friends. I think of my, my friend Brian. I think of my, my friend Jay Rosario. I think of many of my other friends that I met throughout life that uh, I do not get to see very frequently face to face. But you know what? That friendship started that way. I, I'm sure that there are exceptions, but I'm thinking that there may be few, very few and far in between of true intimate friendships that did not start with face-to-face -face contact and for me that's significant it, you know especially in the world in which i can stay in touch with people i can text someone i can send voicemails etc where my face is not involved <laughs> my face doesn't have nothing to do with it it's interesting that you know the one social media that dominated i don't know if it will continue though as it used to but facebook right face um, my face is seldom there. Usually, pose my girl, my girl's face, but it begins to amplify what the Bible means by face. Face is that one identifying a criteria by which you can be recognized and known for. Now, today, of course, with high tech and everything else, you know, we need fingerprints, iris scans, because of scam artists impersonating other people. But in the time of Christ, in the time of the Bible, your face was your fingerprints. And your face was who you were. And it came to mean your heart, your person, your identity, your character.
that was equated with face. So when God talks to Moses face to face, it's not simply that literally the face of God was in front of Moses's face. Um, what it meant is God was disclosing his heart. He was being transparent. Just like Jesus says, I'm no longer calling you slaves because a slave doesn't know anything a master is doing, but I have told you all things that I have heard. There's nothing I've held back. There are no secrets between us. There's friendship. That's friend. Now, I want to, of course, take it to what the mission. Why is this so important? Why is this friendship with Jesus so important? Because the mission can get tainted by me. Remember how we talked about yesterday about friendship with the world is enmity with God? But just because I am a friend with the world doesn't mean that I do not have a church ministry. Just because I don't have, I'm, I'm, I'm a friendly with the world, I love things in the world, doesn't mean that I will not accept positions in the church. Doesn't mean that I will not get baptized. You know, I want to share with you a very, very tragic, heartbreaking verse in the Bible. Probably one of the, the saddest verses in the Bible. It happened in the Garden of Gethsemane the night Jesus was betrayed. And uh, I'm going to read it in context. Um, I'm reading from Matthew chapter 26, verse 49. Immediately Judas went to Jesus and said, Hail, Rabbi, and kissed him. Verse 50. And Jesus said to Judas, Friend, do what you have come for. Friend. Wow. I, as I was meditating on this, that verse came to my mind. What does that mean? It means that God reaches out with his friendship, his commitment um, to every human being. But he will not force the friendship back. It's a response. It's reciprocal. And Judas never responded. But Jesus never changed. Even though Judas is betraying, Jesus here is giving testimony of the heart of God. That sometimes we may fail. Sometimes we may do things that we know hurt our friend. But his friendship is steady and faithful. Judas hardened his heart towards the friendship of Jesus. We read that he had the love for money. If you read the context of James 4.4, 4, you read a few verses earlier, he's speaking to very, very specifically to individuals that their friend is money, possessions. It feeds our pride, just like we read in 1 John 2.15, for all the things that are in the world, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And money lends itself very nicely to filling me with pride, arrogance, self-sufficiency, cutting myself off from the friendship of God. And there is no options here. James pretty much paints it as a black and white. If I am a friend with the world, I am an enemy of God. And God will never be accused of being an enemy of any human being because even here in the Garden of Gethsemane, to Judas, who has just betrayed him with a kiss, Jesus calls him friend. It is both encouraging and heartbreaking that as tender and faithful and committed as God is towards every single one of us, you and me, we can still choose to harden our hearts towards that friend. So, I, of course, how? How can that happen? Well, 
Yesterday we learned that we need to make choices of not coming in contact, not touching the unclean thing. Be ye separate. Consecrate yourself. The one thing that will open to your eyes how weak and frail you are no matter what your academic level no matter how many years you have been in the church if there's one thing that will continually keep you humble is the mission it's the mission you will come to recognize what it how much work it takes to get one individual interested in the gospel of jesus christ interested in spiritual things and once you find someone that begins to show some vague interest just when things begin to move forward boom this happens bam this happens the enemy the adversary life that person makes some choices the ex-girlfriend shows up that you know is a big influence and he no longer wants to meet with you or the boyfriend or the husband or the wife or whatever it's hard I mean, when I'm, I'm reading through the Gospels and I'm finding it how hard it was for Jesus with his own disciples. And, and in my own experience, just a week ago, um, this individual that I had been studying the Bible with have just disappeared. They don't respond to my text messages. They don't respond to any of my entreaties of, you know, hey, how are you doing? Just wanted to touch base. Nothing. And I realized Jesus has already gone through this territory. He has always been extending friendship, but not always been receiving it back. The mission will make you feel what we just read. Need of strength to complete the mission. It will remind you daily it is a time for prayer. But when you only pray for a job, you know what happens when you get a job? You stop praying. If you're praying to get healthy, you know what happens when you get healthy? You stop praying. You pray for whatever things that are temporal you may get those things. And because you're praying for temporal things, your prayers are also temporal. But when you get involved with the mission, you will never stop praying. It will always be time for prayer. Because one person may reject you and never come back into your life. And you can't say, well, I did, I tried, I'm done. No, there's a whole bunch of other people waiting for someone to approach them. And once you have that experience, once you have taste of that, you realize it's worth it. This is why Jesus never gave up. That's why in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, For the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. And Jesus says, you want to come after me? You have a cross too. And the cross is your self-sacrifice and your commitment and your friendship to the world that is lost. We're not to be friends with the world. We are to be friends for the world. Just like Jesus did not was wasn't friendly towards money or any of the pride that that you know permeated his culture and his time on earth, but he was definitely a friend to publicans and tax collectors and prostitutes. He was a friend, a friend to them, not to their sins. Many times, the absence of the mission is what allows for us to fall in love with the, the darkness, the pollution of the world. So it's I think not a a b but a boom one and the same two two a coin with two sides once i begin to understand how much god loves me it will compel me to recognize jesus says as the father has sent me i have sent you are you accepting the call to the mission 
chances are that if you are resisting to being involved in somehow being instruments in the hands of God to lead other people to salvation, other people to know about Jesus, starting with your family, to your friends, to your church, to your community, if somehow you have been evading that mission, there's a high probability it has hurt your prayer life. And if this has hurt your prayer life, chances are you have not seen God face to face. You are not talking to God face to face. And that is a prerequisite for a friendship. That's what Exodus 33:11 says. God spoke to Moses face to face as a friend speaks to his friend. And God is still your friend today. God is still all of us our friends. He, he does not want us to ever feel that he will not cut us he will cut us off from his extension of friendship we are the ones that will sever for that one last verse as we finish today's podcast second corinthians 4 6 says for god who said let there be light out of the darkness it is the one who shines in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of god in the face of christ it is our privilege to come in prayer for strength for the mission and that strength for the mission will come to us in the face of Jesus. We have a friend that has been faithful to us. We have a friend that has been committed to us when we were indifferent towards him, when we were cruel to him. Jesus extended with mercy and compassion his forgiveness and his opportunities for redemption. And he still does today. And that phase touches me, moves me, and empowers me to be faithful for the mission he has called us to complete. Do you feel your need of strength to complete your mission? Then you know what it means that it is a time for prayer. And if you still haven't, I invite you today, get involved. Get involved in the Oakwood Church. Get involved in the Monroe Church. Get involved in whatever church you belong to. The mission is what will keep you close to Jesus. Jesus.